Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Eric Kruger is joining us with Smart Yield. And we look at the markets. We know there's a lot of factors that have kind of dabbled their fingers into it. But we can say, Eric, we finished out the week with some positives for the grains. We did. We had, uh, you know, Chicago wheat was up a few, Kansas City virtually unchanged. The bright spot was soybeans, of course, pushing up again today, kind of challenging that 920 area again. And corn was off a few cents, but we, we've seen a really nice move up on both corn and beans since that Monday stocks report. So maybe a little due for a little bit of a correction there. Well, as we look, let's kind of kind of recap a little bit on the week. And it's been a kind of a volatile week. Came off of the highs of Monday with the USDA report, and we just kind of dabbled on both sides of the fence throughout the trading week. We have, and you know, the market really did what it needed to do. We got a very big surprise Monday that's been well documented, but to see a, a cut in stocks from last year like that on on this report in September was was a huge deal. Uh, you know, for the end of the month, and uh, to see corn go and fill the gaps on the charts, the market kind of got to where it needed to get to. I think everybody was hoping to get it there. Hopefully, guys were able to take advantage of that if they if they if they need to move some grain or sell sell some needs for harvest. But uh, we've seen seen it really hold up though. We haven't seen a setback. We saw the funds uh, lighten up on their short position throughout the first few days after that stocks report, and then they kind of defended it here the last few days and maybe added to their shorts a little bit. So I think. For the week, still kind of positive beans up over 30 cents on the week from last week, corn up over 13. So uh, positive news, um, especially for this time of year. I think we're getting past those that time of year, though it's a little later that we usually kind of see the, the seasonal shift um, to, to maybe some higher markets. So hopefully we're going to see that next week. We're going to learn a lot. Um, we have a crop production report on Thursday that I think the trade's anticipating maybe uh, some cut in acres. I know we saw in four acre or numbers come out today. Um, Beans down a little over a bushel from what USDA was last last month. Corn down over a bushel from what USDA was last month. Not huge drops, but I think it's it's kind of the mindset of where the trade's at right now. And now are they looking at those numbers as of October 1, correct? Correct, correct. So the stage is getting set for next week with so many different things being factored in. You mentioned that USDA report. Um, I know that Al Dutcher earlier had talked about that four-letter word called snow. And we're not the only ones here in Nebraska. We're looking at the entire upper Midwest that could be dealing with the possible weather that the Dakotas, Minnesota, Wisconsin don't want to see at this point. Yeah, that's correct. And it's, it's going to be really a, all eyes on the Sunday weather models and those runs and to see if, if we confirm some of this really cold weather. You know, Thursday, we have the trade Chinese trade delegation here next week, Thursday's crop report, and then all of a sudden Thursday night, Friday night, there's a few weather models out there right now that are saying a really hard freeze um, for, you know, up to, I've seen 30% up to 60% of the grain belt. And if that happens, um, I think we've, we've we, September was nice enough. It, it moved us along far enough, but still we'll see on Monday that the crop is behind in a lot of areas. And if we get a hard freeze, it's going to really limit, I think, some of that yield production potential. And it's hard to ask you to look in your crystal ball to see what's going to happen. But should the, it be set on Sunday with those weather models, what could we expect when the trade opens on Monday? I think you could expect, uh, we'll see. We'll see what the funds want to do. If the funds want to liquidate, they've got a lot of contracts that if they feel like the USDA is going to move uh, the bushel numbers on corn and beans on, on Thursday, they've got a lot of contracts they could liquidate, um, which would mean higher prices. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I feel like more more of a grind between now and then. They're probably going to make it prove it on the frost to really see how bad it is as far as the damage right now. 
Um, we, we look at it, and it's kind of interesting, though. All of a sudden, with that stock's number being lowered, when we see that on this report, if they start cutting yield, all of a sudden we go from this corn, this 15% stocks-to-use area, to where now all of a sudden we're talking like we were this winter, where if we have a tough growing growing season and all of a sudden it doesn't end well, we could have stocks-to-use down in that 10 11% area, which which would mean higher prices on corn and, and beans, of course, where they ratcheted it way down off the stocks number on Monday, we could see a, a, a much lower stocks number than we've seen in a long time. So there's the positive side of it. So does that, or could that change the basis at all? Uh, it could. We've, you know, and it's kind of funny. We, we laughed at this when the stocks report came out. It was a, a good thing. It was nice to see maybe the reason why basis has stayed so firm really throughout the year. Even during our summer run-up, really across the belt, we saw basis stay so firm and the, the cash market kind of, was the proof that the yield maybe wasn't there as much and the, the grain wasn't there for them to buy. So I, I think if we do see a move up, though, of course, uh, we will see uh, the basis widen out. The president's announcement um, that the workings were in place for this RFS and an agreement coming together, did that have any factor play into what we saw in the grains today? You know, I, I think maybe on corn a little bit. It, it was a little bit. I, I think I talked to, to one one guy in the industry that called it a little lackluster. You know, it's not going to change anything right now. Going forward, I think it's a positive positive step in the right direction. But right now, it's not going to change anything that's been done as far as on our demand side to really to, to pump through some of the stocks we have. Well, the ethanol margins continue to have kind of a narrow feel to it. Yeah, it's, it's still narrow. And I think going forward, uh, this can help and, and it will help, but that's going to take time. What are you hearing from our neighbors down south in South America with their planting, with some of the weather concerns that have been taking place? Yeah, I think the big, you don't hear about it as much, but the, the big uh, the elephant in the room in the south, uh, way down south, of course, where they're putting beans in the ground and beans are coming up is dryness. And they've continued to stay dry. It looks like where we're looking at a potential for some frost, it looks like there's a high pressure ridge that could settle in down in Brazil and, and keep it dry for a little while. And if that's the case, I think those are, those are positive things on the market. Um, but on the other side, we're going to need to see our exports continue to pick up. Um, they've been better. We maybe saw a little bit where we thought we could get a few more bushels uh, being sold to China this week, some, some whispers of that we were going to have a few more sales, and those didn't come to fruition yet. So maybe we'll see that next week, uh, but, but that, that time will tell. Even if some goodwill offerings help happen ahead of this 13th meeting between the U.S. and China. Yeah, yeah, it would it would definitely help the market. Well, stick around, folks. we got a lot more to talk about. And, of course, we'll see what's been happening on the livestock side of the trade as we wrap up this trading week. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Eric Kruger joins us for part two from Smart Yield. I think you brought it up during the commercial break, and I think before we jump into the livestock, I wanted to ask you about that. You made the comment about some seasonal average for corn. What are you thinking? Well, we just when you step back and usually look when we find a harvest low, which which we hope holds and is in from from the second week of September here, um, and you and you run up. Usually we see a thirty to forty cent, usually a forty cent average move up. Uh, the numbers kind of support that. 
uh, post-harvest low. And we just saw that, and it filled that gap. And it's kind of interesting how sometimes the markets work that way. But we step back and look at that and go, to come up 40 cents over the last you know 30 days has been a great move for corn. I think hopefully if, if guys maybe missed out on some opportunities this summer, they reward that a little bit if we're going to be delivering into harvest here because we haven't seen the basis slide much with it. So we've still got a pretty strong basis, as strong as we've had in quite some time for that Okno delivery, and Deese is, is really firm in our neck of the woods. But um, I think guys just need to step back and be, be aggressive with that. Um, because, you know, we aren't guaranteed to continue to see moves up. You know, if we see the USDA continue to do what they did last year and not change the crop size for quite some time, even though we might expect it on this report, it might not happen for quite some time. So the market gets into into the areas that you can be profitable. I hope guys are aware of that and make some good decisions. So take that information and translate it for a livestock producer who's watching what's happening in the grain market. Yeah, I think the livestock producer, we talk about this a lot. And if and if we're going to feed cattle next year, I think guys need to be cognizant of their cost of gain. And while we're down here in the slower ranges of the market, hopefully, uh, we can we can lock in some of that cost that it doesn't end up running up on us like we potentially could happen with some cut in production or some weather or whatever drives it. Um, we don't want to see our cost all of a sudden change a bunch on us. Do we have a chance for some positive margins for the livestock? Yeah, we've actually seen the packer margins come down about $100 a head here over the last week and a half. And I think some of that's come back into it, as we've seen. We've seen cash trade this week um, up over last week, whether it's in the south or the north. Um, we saw uh, cash trade in the, in the south and in the Kansas at 106. And then we saw bids all the way up north here, um, honestly, up into that 106, 107, and then we're getting filled. So I think with packer bids coming up a few bucks above last week, that's, that's supporting this market. We've got the front month live cattle contract on October trade right in that range in that 107 and a half area you look out look at that premium though and i think i think it signals that we could see that december contract continue to we can get through this 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 support number in this 111 20 area if we can get through that resistance sorry and, and push up i think we could see a little higher as well i had one producer say what fire i mean obviously being said tongue-in-cheek as you look at what happened in holcomb kansas but he says it was nice to start to see some positive numbers coming back to that producer it is nice, and just like the corn chart, the cattle chart has has turned and filled the gaps that we left from the fire. And, and really, if you step back and look at it, we've seen uh, over on the over on the feeder cattle side a, a six fifteen sixteen dollar move from our lows in September here up to where we are now on the live cattle side thirteen fourteen dollars. So we've been rewarded back up. Um, you know, do, do we need some more? Absolutely, but at least we're getting that close to where guys can be on the black side of the margin instead of the red side, and and maybe at least protect some of these gains so if we're on the black side of the margins could we see more uh pens being filled um i think so i, I think it's going to be interesting you know we've we've had guys that you know i've heard of some really strong demand where they come from the packer side and guys are looking to fill pens and i've also had guys that are continuing to try and maybe not bet on the come as much and, and wait until everything really truly can pencil for them so it, it's going to be an interesting winter i think it's going to be interesting too at, at least through our part of the midwest where if we can't forget we had a really, really rough winter. We had a really rough spring, and now that's going to be reflected in our calf crop that we're going to see um, see coming in this this uh, here over the next three months, really, uh, to get confined. So that's going to be interesting to see if those numbers are down, if the weights are a little down from a, a really wet 
uh, summer as well. Definitely adds a whole new another side of stress we don't need right now. <laughs> it does. It does. And then you start talking this cold and I know a lot of guys are trying to wean calves and there's a lot of guys uh, trying to decide whether, um, you, you know, you move your, your fat cattle right now or you try and push them off to that December market because there's such a premium there, you know, five plus dollars deferred out to December. What are your thoughts on these larger hog supplies we've been seeing? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where the market hasn't moved as much um, positively, I think, as what we all thought it could. We had the huge run up, if you remember, getting December hogs up into there to the, you know, the $80, $90 area. And all of a sudden we're back here hanging around 70 We have seen some business go to China, and I think that thought's still out there. Every day you hear more about African swine fever. Every day you hear more about how it's going to be more, the number is going to be closer to maybe 50% of the world hog numbers that are going to be, you know, not available anymore. And I think that continues to signal to, we've got big supplies right now, but you got to look for further down the road and you got to look, we're in a great position to see some huge jumps in exports out of the U.S. if that protein number continues to get cut elsewhere. Um, I think now one of the things that came out today is with JBS, on their pork, uh, taking a drug out of their system, an enhancer that is going to allow them to sell into China. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Eric? Yeah, they can call us at 308-234-6805 or they can go online to mysmartyield.com. Thank you so much. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Don't forget you can get the podcast through our website or wherever you pick up your podcasts on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.